love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I magnify you, God. I glorify your name. I lift you up like we sang in that song. I lift you up. I magnify you. I extol you. I adore you. Oh, let's do it right now for just a little while. Can we do it? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I want to say it's an honor to be back here, and um, uh, I just recently had the surgery a couple of weeks ago. It'll be two weeks on Monday, and uh, uh, so I have not really been going anywhere the last few weeks, and uh, when I ran into uh, Brother Brandon Friday night, um, uh, he, I think he told me to call you or whatever, but uh, I did, and I uh, really felt like I had direction for the church, and uh, I still feel like that. So if you would turn me to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and uh, I, I feel a burden for this service this morning. Amen. Maybe different than what you've ever heard me preach. John chapter 10, and I have to apologize, I got in such a hurry to get here this morning, I went off and forgot my Bible, I had to borrow a Bible, and I do not like to go to the pulpit without a Bible, and uh, my text, I always want to read my text from the Bible, and uh, so I asked Brother Brandon if he was... Uh, he had a spare Bible. He said, yeah, I do. So I said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. And let me stop right here a moment and say that's not talking about other denominations. That's talking about us Gentiles. That's talking about us Gentiles. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I laid down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it, up, take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He then speaks of the hireling that is not the shepherd, of whom the sheep do not belong, because when the hireling sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and flees to protect his own sorry hide. So the wolf catches the sheep and he scatters them. So we have three things in these verses that Jesus lists. He lists himself as the good shepherd. He speaks of the hireling. And he speaks of the big bad wolf who seeks to kill the sheep and scatter the entire flock of sheep. I'll deal with all three. There's another thing that I want to deal with. While I'm not trying to add or take away from the word of God, I just want to preach about the sheepdog. That's the title of what I'm going to preach, The Sheepdog. Brother Brandon, would you pray?
ask God. I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn, shake hands with somebody. Say, I'm glad you're in church today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. As we study the scriptures, we find that God has always had an affinity with sheep and shepherds. Sheep are mentioned in the Bible more than 500 times. Uh, more than any other animal. And the prominence of sheep uh, in the Bible grows out of two realities. Um, sheep were important to the nomads and the agricultural life of the Israelites and similar peoples. And secondly, sheep are used throughout the Bible to symbolically refer to God's people. Abraham was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd for 40 years in the wilderness uh, before God called him to be the deliverer of Israel. If you remember, Moses had tried to be a deliverer by violence as a young man. But God did not want a man of war leading his people. He wanted a shepherd. And I personally believe that the rod uh, uh, that Moses cast down was a shepherd's staff. Amen. All throughout the Bible, we read where God's people are referred to as sheep. For even in the Gospel of, of John, just a little bit further than what I read, verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The Bible describes close relationships between shepherds and their flocks. The sheep recognizes the voice of the shepherd, and they will follow him. Amen. While the shepherd protects his flock, and he would give his life for them. It's known that sheep can instantly recognize the voice of a familiar, trusted person. They have an excellent memory for, their, for faces. They remember their handler, and they also remember people who inflict abuse upon them. Amen. And the 23rd Psalm is one of the most quoted verses in the entire Bible. It was penned by King David who began his life as a shepherd of his father's sheep. David knew what it meant to be a shepherd. He knew what it meant to watch over the sheep with his rod and his staff and his shepherd's sling in his belt. He knew what it meant to lead the sheep through the wilderness to those cool green pastures that have those streams of clear running water. And is it any wonder that he could pin the notorious words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. David understood sheep. He understood their nature. He understood their needs. Uh, he understood the predators. Uh, when Saul doubted David's credentials uh, in a fight against the giant uh, Goliath, uh, a man of war, David explained that he was a shepherd. And as a shepherd, he killed the predators that came after the sheep. He risked his very life to save the sheep out of the mouth of the lion and out of the mouth of the bear. So it is any wonder, amen, that the Lord called David a man after God's own heart. But before I go any further, I want to take a look at a couple characteristics of the sheep. Uh, first of all, sheep are led. The shepherd guides the sheep. The sheep are completely dependent upon the shepherd's guidance. Uh, there's no committee decision among the sheep. Uh, they do not need to worry about the way through the wilderness. They do not need to worry about where the good grass is. They simply need to hear the voice of the shepherd and follow him wherever he leads. The sheep learn to trust the shepherd. If the shepherd is a good shepherd, if the sheep will hear his voice and simply trust the shepherd, they will be led to good pasture. Their needs will be met. We will never see the sheep going before the shepherd. 
shepherd and the shepherd following behind. That would be a very unnatural occurrence. Instead, we see the sheep following the shepherd. The shepherd goes first and the sheep follow after him. If we would only learn to trust the shepherd, life would be less stressful. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Uh, He said, let not your heart be troubled. Just trust in God. He'll never lead you astray. He'll take care of you. He did not bring us this far to abandon us uh, to the elements of this world. The shepherd knows where he is leading us. The sheep, amen, do not need to know where he is leading. Amen. They just simply need to trust him, to follow him wherever he leads. you got to trust him. You got to know him, and you've got to hear his voice. And then, second thing about sheep is they're helpless. When you consider the sheep, one things become one thing becomes very apparent: they're not equipped for battle. They have no defensive or offensive weapons. They do not have canine teeth or the claws of a predator. Neither is a sheep able to camouflage camouflage itself uh, to hide from predators. Uh, And neither are they able to run swiftly to outrun any beast uh, that desires to prey on them. Uh, Frankly, the sheep are completely defenseless and totally helpless. Sheep have a natural disposition, and it's a gentle disposition. Without the shepherd, uh, the sheep have no real protection whatsoever. Uh, There is nothing about sheep uh, that would even make them a great trophy for hunters to hunt them and tell how they were able to take one uh, due to any skill or prowess on their part. Uh, Hunters love to talk about the magnificent beasts, uh, the dangerous predators. Uh, They've risked their lives to stalk and to hunt. Uh, They love to display their trophies, uh, a ferocious lion or a powerful bear. Uh, And there, there is no real bragging when it comes to a sheep. There's no danger involved at all. Sheep are harmless. Sheep are easy prey. That's why they're an easy target for the wolf or the predator. You see, the wolf is built for battle. His disposition is fierce. He has teeth made for tearing meat and he's for killing prey. He's equipped with camouflage. It's difficult for the sheep to see. He is an expert stalker. His claws are sharp. He's extremely powerful, extremely fast. The sheep are no matter for the wolf. It's amazing that sheep were not hunted to extinction a long time ago. But sheep sheep have strived, thrived in number in spite of this predator known as the wolf. And the reason is they owe their entire existence to the shepherd. I said they owe their entire existence to the shepherd. In our text verse today, Read that Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's the one who went before us. He who has led the way that we are to follow after. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. There's a predator that continually stalks the sheep and the sheepfold. He is the greatest, most horrific, most terrible predator that has ever existed. He's a master of camouflage and deception. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's ferocious. He's violent. He's vicious. He is totally without mercy. And he's always seeking a new victim to kill and to devour. That's why we're warned in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 11, we are also admonished, let Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And this is where the sheepdog comes in. For it's the duty of the sheepdog to warn the sheep uh, of the devil's devices. Anybody with me? 
There's a little humorous story told about a pastor who was teaching uh, the children in his church from the 23rd Psalm. He was telling them about sheep and how sheep are not the brightest of animals and how they need a shepherd to guide them, to teach them, and to lead them. And he asked the children, well, who are the sheep? And one of the boys in the very back answered and said, we're the sheep. And then the pastor asked, then who is the shepherd? And the pastor fully intended for the boy to say that the pastor was a shepherd. But to the pastor's surprise, the boy answered, Jesus is the shepherd. The pastor couldn't deny that because the Word of God plainly says he's a shepherd. But So this caught the pastor off guard, and he, so he scratched his head a little bit, and he asked the boy, well, then who am I? The boy thought about it while he answered, he said, you must be the sheepdog. <laughs> and we laugh about that, but stop and think about it for a moment. I think what that little boy said is a pretty good description of a pastor. Not only is the pastor the under-shepherd under the authority of the chief shepherd, but he's also the sheepdog in the flock of the good shepherd. The apostle Paul warned the elders of the church in the book of Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Notice the, the terminology, the flock, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul was very serious about what he'd written to the church. He said he wanted to warn them day and night for three years. He even wept at the thought of the predator attacking God's sheepfold. And Paul warned them to watch over the flock, to warn the flock and to protect it. He, in essence, was instructing those pastors to bark when the predator is near and to fight off the predator should it attack. That's the job of the sheepdog. We need sheepdogs today who have a burden for and who care about the flock of the good shepherd. Isaiah accused the pastors of his day of being dumb dogs. For in Isaiah chapter 56, amen, verses 9 through 12, he says, All ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day, and much more abundant. Sounds a lot like the day and age we're living in. We live in a church age that seems to be filled with pastors that are nothing more than slumbering sheepdogs. Dogs that won't bark. Dogs that are lazy, sleepy, greedy, uh, and always looking out for themselves uh, and what they can get from the gospel, unaware of the danger of the predator. God help me. But the predator is always out there in the shadows lurking and waiting for an opportunity to devour yet another sheep. There should be barking and sounding a warning, but instead they only speak of abundance and prosperity, just like the prophet Isaiah said they would. Amen. They speak, amen, words. Amen. You can live any way you want to live and still, amen, come and be a part of the church. I thank God for sheepdogs that bark. I thank God for sheepdogs that are willing to Fight off the predator, a blind, sleeping, toothless sheepdog that can't or won't bark. Amen. Is useless to the good shepherd. God needs vigilant, watchful pastors who are not afraid to bark. Can I hear an amen? I said, Jesus is the good shepherd. He needs good sheepdogs. 
Please listen to me, saint of God. Don't hate your sheepdog for barking. Thank God for a barking sheepdog. I said, thank God that you have a sheepdog that barks. We live in a time when everything seems to be turned upside down or wrong side out. It seems that sheepdogs that won't bark are now being highly esteemed. While watchful sheepdogs who do bark are being despised, scorned, ridiculed, and misunderstood. But the cowardly preacher who stands in the pulpit and won't preach against sin is nothing more than a dumb dog that won't bark. Oh, God help me. I said he's nothing more than a dumb dog that won't bark. Bark, preacher, bark. Bark, pastor, bark. Bark, pastor, bark. God help him to bark. Help him to bark loud and long. Help him to see the danger and sound the warning. Help him to bark when sin enters the sheepfold. God, let him continue to bark against sin. Let him continue to bark against iniquity. Help him to continue to bark against the breakdown of holiness. Bark against the lack of worship. Bark against the lack of prayer. Bark against false doctrine and religions. Bark at those false prophets that are among us. And bark at everything wicked, immoral, ungodly, and abominable. You don't need an eloquent bark or an educated bark. You don't need a pedigree or a degree from a Bible college. You don't need voice training. And you don't have to be a great orator. You don't need to be an entertainer with a flamboyant delivery. We just need to be a dog with boldness to go after the predator. We don't need more colleges in our pulpits. We need more courage in our pulpits. We need bold preachers and not cowards who are afraid to preach the truth. Bark, Pastor, bark. Bark, Pastor, bark. Somebody say it with me. Bark, Pastor, bark. Oh, I'm telling you, you got a man that's not greedy. I said he's not blind. He's not going to be ignorant. Amen. He's not going to fall asleep and be lazy. Oh, but he's going to be vigilant and watchful. Amen. He's going to warn the flock, especially in these end times. That's what the Apostle Paul instructed Timothy to do in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, where he said, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Uh, I might like to add when they like it and when they don't like it. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn Turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Uh, bark, Pastor, bark. Bark against all sin and false doctrine. Hold the Bible in your hands and preach the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, as a faithful witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And bark on Jesus continually. Bark on him. Amen. Preach the gospel. Jesus Christ should come out of your mouth continually. Preach the cross. Preach the blood. Preach the blood of Christ. Bark against sin. Bark against the predator. Wake up the sheepfold. Sound the alarm in Zion. Oh, somebody going to help me today. There's a mistrust of barking sheepdogs in the church today. Seems the idea of a good preacher in the United States is some type of a small lap dog can fit into your purse. But God still wants a genuine sheepdog. He wants dogs with teeth. He wants dogs he can trust. He wants a loyal dog. I said he wants a loyal dog. You can trust a barking sheepdog no matter what the world says today. I'm almost finished. But let me relate this story as I close. I don't want any music. In the early part of this century, after the untimely death of his young wife, a farmer found himself the single father of a one-year-old baby boy. He had no one to watch the baby. He had to work in his fields to order to feed himself and the child. But the farmer did have a German shepherd dog. He was a faithful dog, and he trusted the dog to watch over the baby while he worked in the field. 
His neighbor one day found out about this, and he warned the farmer, you're a fool to trust that dog with your son. One of these days, that dog is going to hurt your son. Mark my words. But the farmer, with nothing else to do, trusted the dog because it was a faithful dog. He would come home after no more than an hour in the field, find that the German shepherd dog at the foot of his bed where his son slept, watching over the boy. But the man's neighbor continued to warn him, continued to sow mistrust in the ear of the farmer. Some of you been listening to the wrong voices. One day you'll be sorry, this man said. One day that dog's going to hurt your boy. Time went on, and then one day it happened. The farmer never left the boy with the dog for a very long time span. But on this particular day, he had been working in the field for more than an hour when he finally came home to check on his son. He noticed right away that something was wrong. The door to his small house was wide open. He entered cautiously, the warnings of his neighbor echoing in his mind. That dog's going to hurt your baby boy. His blood ran cold as he entered the living room. There was a trail of blood along the living room floor leading into, up to his room where his son slept. Once again, he heard that neighbor's voice ringing in his mind. One, that, one day that dog is going to kill your baby boy. He entered into his son's bedroom and there was blood everywhere. Blood on the floor, on the side of the bed, on the sheets of the bed. And there in the middle of that bloody bed clothes was his son lying on his bed, his eyes closed. Next to the bed was this German shepherd dog looking up at the farmer. The dog's mouth was covered with blood. The warning of this neighbor man screamed in the mind of this farmer. One day that dog is going to kill your baby boy. That dog can't be trusted. The farmer went for the axe he kept by the door. He went toward the dog, axe in hand. The dog looked up at the farmer, fresh blood on his mouth. The farmer lifted the axe and brought it down on the head of that German shepherd. He began to scream out, you killed my baby, you killed my little boy. Again and again and again. He brought the axe down on the body of that dog until it lay still dead on the floor. Moving on, his bed caught his eye. He turned toward the body of his son. The boy was looking at him, and he began to cry. He was alive. The farmer picked up the boy, examined him. There was blood on him and no injury to be found. He looked around the room, horror growing inside of him. His realization began to dawn on him, and he said, Oh, my God, what have I done? There on the floor on the other side of the bed was the body of a wolf. Its throat had been ripped out. Suddenly, with a sickened sense of grief and reality, the farmer realized suddenly what had happened. Somehow, wise baby was asleep, and that wolf had gotten into the house. It had come into his son's room. It had come for his son, but the German shepherd had protected the baby from the wolf. The boy and the dog fought. In the horrible and fateful battle, the dog had finally killed the wolf. The farmer placed the baby back on the bed, knelt down in front of the body that German shepherd dog, and he held its lifeless body to himself. What have I done? He continued to weep and cry over and over. You were such a good dog. You saved my son's life. What have I done? Oh, God, what have I done? Brother Brandon, would you come sit on the altar, please? You can criticize your sheepdog for barking. You can even silence his bark by killing him with your tongue. But as long as he has breath in his body, as long as he has a voice to lift, as long as God allows him to be your pastor, he's going to keep on barking. Sister Hilton, would you come sit beside your husband? I feel 
I'm sorry. This is what I feel. Far too many of God's sheepdogs have been killed simply for barking and protecting God's sheepfold. Too many have been punished and ran off for telling the truth. I'm here to tell you, you can trust this barking sheepdog. You can trust them with your children. You can trust him with your family. I promise you, you don't want a lap dog watching over your family. You want a sheepdog. God has sheepdogs. He wants sheepdogs that you can trust. He wants sheepdogs that are not afraid to bark. Can I tell you that when God tells a sheepdog to bark, it's a good idea to listen. You see, God always sends barking dogs to get his message across. Sheepdogs are supposed to bark. It's his job to preach the gospel. How someone responds to it decides whether it brings them life or death. So as long as God allows, this man's going to keep on preaching. He's going to keep on barking. He's going to keep on crying. Prepare your hearts. Repent. Jesus is coming soon. Stop sinning. Stop living a lie. Commit to God. I want it to be life in you. Would you stand with me today? I don't want no music. I don't want nothing. What we're going to do. This couple has invested their life in this church. I'm not. I'm not saying anything that he told me to say or nothing. I, I'm, I'm just telling, I'm following the Holy Ghost. This man invests time and his own money in this church. I know. I know what it's like. I want everybody in this church. I want you to come. I want you to pray for this couple. Would you come now? <laughs> come on. Pray like you've never prayed before. You need to pray for this man of God. You need to pray for this barking sheepdog that will keep on barking. You need to pray that God will give him the grace and the strength and the courage to bark against sin, to bark against iniquity. Oh, you can criticize a sheepdog for barking. You can even silence him, amen, by killing him with your tongue. But as long as he's got breath in his body, as long as God allows him to lift his voice, as long as God allows him to be pastor, he's going to keep on barking. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I know there's a lot of folks that don't like what I'm preaching. Amen. They didn't like it. They didn't like when I stood in the pulpit and preach the word of God but hear me today saint of God hear me ask him to help you ask him God to be your guide oh God come on pray 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 pray
going to pray. I want us to pray. Every one of us to pray. This man, if he's helped you, pray for him. If he's barked, if he's barked at you, it's not because he hates you. He wants to see you saved. He wants to see you make it to heaven. Jesus is fixing to come back. Hear me, you don't have to be a genius to see what's going on in the world. All the hatred, all the violence, the wars and the rumors of wars. Amen. They're talking about a nuclear war. Hear me. Amen. God wants you to be among, amen, his people. together. Bind us together with love. Bind us together with love, God. Bind us together with love. God, let love amen, let love be in this house. Let it show forth out of this house. Oh, oh God, but let love not be deceived. Oh, God, don't let love be deceived into thinking the lesser way is right. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, don't kill the sheepdog. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. Love him. When he preaches something, it hurts. Take it to God in prayer. And I promise you there's going to be times when the barking sheepdog, I said, he's going to bark out. It's going to send, amen. You're going to think he's mad at you. I promise he's not mad. He's just wanting to save you.
nothing I've said in this message or said about Brother Hilton is meant to put him on a pedestal and exalt him. I'm just telling you, I feel like I need to clarify some things. I've pastored two churches in my life. I know what it's like to be where he's at. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to work a job. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to pay your tithes in the church. I know what it's like to give offering when visiting preachers come by. I know what that's like. I'm not telling you this to edify him. I'm telling you the burden that this man has. This man would not be here without a burden. And I want you all to understand he loves everyone that's in this house. And those that are not here today, he loves them too. I want him to understand. And I want her to understand. You need to back your pastor. You need to back the pastor. Do what he says. And I'm not talking about just backing him when he's working on the church. Not just backing him when he's in the pulpit saying, preach it, preacher. Preach it, pastor. No, no. Back him when he is working on the church. Back him when he's working in the fellowship hall. Back him. Be here. And back his wife. Back his wife. I promise you, you don't know the hurt my wife has experienced. Back his wife. We just lift up our hands and love God right now. And would you ask God to bless them right now? Would you ask God to do that? God, we love you. We love you, God. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you. We ask you, God, to move in this house. Give them souls for their labors, God. Give them souls for their labors. I'm asking you for your help and your grace and your strength to overshadow them. I'm asking you to overshadow Brother Brandon Hilton. Sister Hilton, God, I'm asking you to overshadow her, God. Give her strength and grace and peace, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to help every member of this church and those that are not yet members that are going to be in the name of Jesus by faith in your word, by faith in your name, by faith in what you're doing. God, I believe that this church is going to grow. God, it's going to grow in Jesus' name. Anybody believe it? Anybody believe it? Let's rejoice. Oh, God, we rejoice for the new soul. We rejoice for the new souls. God, we rejoice. Amen. For those that amen, are here now. Amen. That are, and are going to come in Jesus' name. Oh, we love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I pray somehow that you guys would know how much I love each and every one of you and how much I pray for you, think of you. And ask God, I know I've failed in many ways. I've said this many times before. I'm just as human as the next guy. And I need the help of the Lord. And I appreciate each and every one of you that when I have not done things absolutely right, for pushing on and saying, all right, I know things will get get better. I know that there's a lot of things happening right now. There are, I've said it and I've said it, things happening in the Holy Ghost. And when I say that, I maybe I should say it, the spirit realm, there are things that are working. The reason I know that is because of some of the things I've had to dealt with, deal with personally. I've seen 
things happen in the family that I've had I've had to wrap my children in my arms and say, hey, everything's going to be all right. Even though they've physically heard and felt the presence of a devil right there in the car with them. The devil wouldn't be attacking like this if God hadn't already set in motion some things. And I can promise you that the devil believes it stronger than any one of us, that God's going to open the floodgates of heaven. We're just going to have to press on. I know we don't understand life sometimes, <laughs> most of the time. He never promised <laughs> that the cross would not be heavy. But he did say, pick up that cross every day and follow me. And he also said, take my yoke upon you. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. I may not know exactly where you are and how the things are affecting you to the nth degree. But I promise you, I know the one who does. If he didn't come this morning, God spoke to my heart this morning. I'm encouraged in the Holy Ghost. I need the wisdom of the Lord. But I also need the unity of the church. Without you, I'd be just wasting my time. I'm not trying to just go through the motions and just have my family and a couple more folks just show up every once in a while. I've come to build a church. And that's going to take every hand that God sends our way to help us grow this, to help us make it what he needs it to be. And I know many of you have told me, I need you. You said you've needed me. I need you just as much. Or maybe I, I could say it this way, I need you more than you think I do. I need you. Amen. The enemy's going to do his best to drive wedges. He's going to do his best to bring distraction into our lives. Just what he does. One thing that we've got to learn is that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And the only way we're going to maintain it is by walking by faith. Our walk with God is based, it began with faith. It's going to continue in faith. But it's going to require some work, as I said earlier. We're going to have to work. There came a time in David's life that, yes, as he said, he faced Goliath by himself. And there are, there are some things that I have faced by myself that none of y'all will ever know about, and I'm not going to go into those. But there are things, Brother Desi, that in the days to come, if this church is going to go forward, we need some mighty men of God to rise up from the pews and take down an Ishbavivinab. That giant almost killed David. He did. But his men rose up, Brother Tuffy, and they took that giant down. Almost killed David. But his men said, here I am. We're going to take this thing down. And there are going to be times that we're going to just come to church and we're going to fight some battles. Don't be, don't be surprised if you walk in one night and we never crank up the music, but we, never, we stay on our faces before the Lord. Proverbs, I'm sorry, it's Ecclesiastes. says for every time, for every day, time, there is a, there's a season. 
There's a time for war and a time of peace. And as a church, there are those times that we're going to have to go through where we're battling. There are going to be times of consecration. Believe it or not, that consecration in your own life is doing warfare against the enemy. It's destroying the strongholds that he's had in your life so that we can stand stronger together. So please don't get frustrated with me as I begin to, and I, I continue preaching through consecration and, and dedication unto the Lord and, 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 and separation unto him and him alone. It's, it's, it's all a part of growing the army of the Lord right here. You know, we like to sing that song, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's an army rising up. We've got to be that army that walks in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's going to take us working together. We need unity like we've never needed unity before. The way that the enemy can find his way into a church is by causing disunity and confusion. And I refuse to let it happen. Amen. Amen. As Brother May said, please don't think I'm mad at you when I get to preach and I'm screaming and hollering and I'm red in the face. Now, if you're a part of something, you're too close to that spirit that I'm after because I hate the devil, folks. I hate him with a passion. And I'm going to run him out of here as quick as I can if he steps foot in here. But I'm going to do my best to keep this place a safe place, Brother Mendes. We've got to. We've got to. Amen. Praise God. Well, I love each and every one of you. And uh, thank you for being here today. Those of you online, we missed you. Hurry back. Grandma, if she's listening, do you know if she's listening today? Okay. Well, let her know we love her. We're praying for her. She's got, uh, she's older, and so her her back has has got many bulging discs, is that what it said? Yeah. And so she's older, and she's up in age, and so she just doesn't heal like, like she used to. And so I know she'd hate me for saying that. But we love her. We want to see her back. And so if you guys could all join me in praying for her. I know if you had known, you would be praying. So word to the wise is sufficient. Amen. God bless you all. Uh, we need somebody to help with the offering today. <coughs> Praise God. We have, I sent a message out yesterday. Go ahead and tell. Help me. We're going to receive the offering. I'll just go through some announcements very quickly. <clears throat> go ahead, Brother Mateo. You can receive the offering. Um, I sent out a message yesterday with the calendar link. It's just a web cal. You should be able just to click that thing, and, and then it take you to the thing. No, it doesn't work like that on your phone. All right. Well, I'm sorry it didn't work like that. We'll figure something out. Um, anyway, it's supposed to work like that. If you have an iPhone, I know it works like that. Um, you just click it. It'll open in your calendar, and uh, you subscribe to it. If if it's not working, see me, and we'll, we'll make sure you got it. I'm just trying to make sure everybody knows what's happening. Um, if, if that doesn't work for you, you can go to our website, and there is a members tab at the top of our webpage. If you go in that members tab, if you've never done it before, um, it's going to put you in our system. Um, if you have done it before, then it'll log you back in. But essentially, you put your phone number in there, and it'll send you a six-digit code, like most of us are used to, right? And so you put that six-digit code into there. It authenticates you. Um, and if that's one way to keep up with whether what you're giving to the church, uh, you can see your reports right there. Um, but the reason I'm saying all that is our calendar is behind that. Uh, it'll take you right into the application. There's a church... Um, there's a church app. If you don't have it, I can tell you about it. I send it to you. But anyway, uh, don't want to get too sidetracked on that. But just trying to make sure everybody knows what's happening, when it's happening, and all that good stuff. Um, coming up very quickly, uh, February 10th at 6 p.m. in Olathe, they are hosting a youth Valentine's banquet. And uh, if, you, if, if you're a young person and you want to go, this is for 12 and up, 12 and older. Unfortunately, no, no younger kids at this time, but 12 and older, February the 10th at 6 p.m., 
if on Saturday, it's a Saturday, not this Saturday, but is it this Saturday? It is this Saturday. So yeah, this coming Saturday, um, uh, just let me know. What we'll, we'll make sure that they get there. If you trust me, I will. I will take them there and I will bring them home. Um, and so, if if you'd rather take them, that's totally fine. But just get with me. Let me know if you have a young person that wants to go. Uh, my brother told me to make sure that I told y'all we want you to be there if you can make it. Um, the other thing is on February, and I made that small, February the 23rd, two, sorry, three Fridays from now, February the 23rd, there's going to be a youth service on a Friday night starting prayer at 7 o'clock, 7.30 for service in Olathe. Okay. The following month, March chapter—not March. I'm taking a text from the calendar. <clears throat> March chapter. Oh my goodness! <laughs> You're dismissed. <clears throat> March twenty-second. I don't know where my phone is. March twenty-second, Brother Farrell, who preached our our youth service here. Last month, a few weeks ago, they're hosting the youth service in Smithville in their town where they're pastoring. And so that's going to be March 22nd. And then back here, it's going to be on April 26th here at our place. All right? The week of April 18th, while I'm at it, April 18th through the 21st is uh, Bishop Riggins' 28th anniversary there in Olathe, and so we're going to plan on being there. That's a Thursday, Friday. Uh, I doubt they do a service Saturday, but and on Sunday evening, we'll be here Sunday morning, and uh, it'll be a good time. Um, also, there's a flyer in the in the in the foyer um, in Brookhaven, Mississippi, March 15th and 16th, I think, um, through 13th through the 15th. I knew the 15th was in there somewhere. Uh, there is a, a legacy youth conference down there, and so you're welcome to go. I'm hoping to be there. Um, so if you have kids that want to go, let me know so we can reserve a hotel, and we'll split the boys and the girls. We won't co-mingle like that, but um, but we'll go and uh, make sure that they have a good time. Amen. And parents are welcome to go too. So anyway, God bless you all. Let's come back Wednesday night and let's have good church. And uh, oh, sorry, Wednesday night we're not having service; we're having a planning session. So um, this is going to be our planning for the entire year. So at seven o'clock we'll have prayer from seven to seven thirty, ish, whatever. God steps in, and we just have a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. That's okay, but uh, we're going to spend some time planning the year out so that people know if they want to go to things and be at fellowship gatherings that we're doing here locally, uh, you'll know what days to take off for anyway, or at least be off early or whatever. Anyway, God bless you all. We love you, and uh, I love you very, very much, and I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you here on Wednesday night. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.